0: Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube. You can go ahead and open your Bibles again over to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. So, uh, hopefully today you wore your big boy and big girl pants again today, okay? Because we're starting to get into the heart of this subject. We're talking about stewardship and what Jesus taught us about stewardship. And we're going to get into, hang on, let me turn this off. Uh, we 're going to start getting into the the key qualities that go that make us good stewards, and primarily that 's faithfulness today so i 'm going to talk about some things and this is this is one of those subjects that gets right down to the heart of where we live and how we live and what we do and i don 't know about you, I guess I do know about most of you you wouldn 't be here otherwise. We want to apply what the way jesus said life works that's how life works that's it that's how life works well you know we can live apart from that we can build our life on all kinds of things but there's only one way that god ordained for life to work and we need to know those principles we need to be living in those principles. So we've been looking at this for a couple of weeks. You can go back, go to our website, rmcmchurch.org and pick up the podcast, listen to the teachings, watch a YouTube video, whatever you like to do. But where Jesus is teaching us, in the context of this is he's talking to his disciples about how they should live, how people should live between the time that Jesus was ascended to the right hand of the Father and the time that he comes back. That's what he's talking about in this whole section. And and we've come down to this passage, beginning in verse 14, where he begins to talk to us specifically about the idea of stewardship of being stewards of everything that comes into our life, and stewardship that is powered by faithfulness. Faithfulness is the engine of stewardship, good stewardship. All right, and stewardship that's powered by faithfulness—it is absolutely one of the greatest keys to living a life that pleases God in the first place. I mean, that's the most important thing. But that also puts us right in the center of God's favor as we walk through life. We will see a great deal more of his favor on us as we, as we go through life. So we'll go back to these verses. We, we went through these last week. Just gonna review a little bit as we always do because we always need to get these things more than once. least I do. Uh, Matthew chapter 25 beginning in verse 14, Jesus said for the kingdom, I'm not going to read all of this again. We went through this whole passage last week and I'm just going to touch on a couple of verses. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And immediately he went on a journey. All right. Now we understand, and uh, that the word talents there just doesn't mean our skills or our talents the way we think of it. They were sums of money, is what it was. It, it was, and it, and it does include a lot of things it includes our time it includes our talents what we think of as talents and skills and abilities and all of that stuff it it does include all of that it also includes material things and but specifically he was saying that he came to his servants and he gave different ones different amounts to steward while he was gone on this journey and he gave different amounts to different ones it says he did that according to his understanding of their ability. And I mentioned to you last week that whenever we see that phrase, for the kingdom of heaven is like, or where the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven works this way, we've got to pay attention to that because that's a big statement from Jesus, the son of God. This is how the kingdom works. All right. So I translate that to wherever Jesus is actually Lord, wherever we're actually making him Lord, whatever he's about to tell me, this needs to be a part of that life. It needs, in in one place he says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man plants a seed in the ground and then he rises and sleeps day and night. And he doesn't know how it happens, but that seed grows and it goes through stages and it produces a harvest. Well, he said, that's how the kingdom works. So that's a big principle for my life. And I've got to be able to figure out and, and work with what Jesus talked about. Let the Holy Spirit show me how to plant good seeds in my life, etc. This is the same way. He says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is how it works. Okay, so it's just super important that whenever you see that in your Bible, it's going to be, he's going to teach you a foundational principle for living your life. Everybody get that? You good with that? Okay, so then we, and we noted this last week, The master entrusted various amounts of goods, and it says here, each according to the person's ability. Okay? And Boyd just mentioned this in in reference to this. What we need to understand is what we perceive as our ability is not the same as what God perceives as, as our ability. Sometimes we're on the end that we think we're way more able than we actually are, but usually we're on the other end of it we think, you know, well, I couldn't possibly do that. I couldn't possibly manage that. I couldn't possibly go there. I couldn't possibly be that person. When the Lord looks at you, number one, he looks at you through the blood of Christ. He looks at you through the cross. He looks at you through what Jesus did. He looks at us through grace. He calls us to whatever he calls us to. Whatever he calls you to in your life, he calls by grace and he enables those that he calls by grace that means he's going to infuse and train and and disciple abilities into you that you don't know you have that you didn't know you could have and and he is going to if he calls and you say yes to whatever he's calling you to do he's the one who will enable And so he looks at it from a whole different perspective than we do, but nevertheless, he looked at these three and he saw different abilities there. And he gave to them what they could steward. And so we derived from that last week that every one of these people could steward, handle, manage, oversee what he put in their hands. Every one of them, even the one who hid the, hid the one talent in the ground and got rebuked for it at the end because he didn't do anything with it. According to this, according to the Lord, he had the ability to do it. He just didn't do it, okay? He had the ability. And we don't know what went on in his heart or in his mind. Well, we do. He had a total, and we talked about this last week, not going there this week, he had a total misunderstanding of the nature of the master he thought he was a hard man and and he was afraid of him he didn't have a good understanding of who the lord that was entrusting something to him was and for that reason he just hid it okay and and that didn't that didn't work out well for him so it's really important we said last week one of the primary things we need to we need to steward is our relationship with god cuz he's made himself very very knowable to us so Again, I just want to go back to this. The Lord always equips those that he calls. We see this throughout scripture. We see this pattern. It is standard operating procedure in the kingdom of God that he calls us to something we can't do just in our own natural ability. He did it with Moses. He did it with David. He did it with the prophets. He did it with the disciples. Look at those guys and what he turned over to them you know, he does it with us. But the point is, he knows how he created you. He knows what's in us much better than we do. And he calls by grace. And again, he equips by grace. He knows we're going to blow it. He knows we're going to make mistakes. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for faithfulness. That's what he rewards. That's what he says. Like down in verse 21, when he comes to that first guy, he says, hey, well done, good and faithful servant. Okay, well done, good and faithful servant. He's just looking for us to be faithful. He is primarily looking for a yes. And then he will work through us. Because otherwise, if he turns stuff over to us and we do it in our ability and we just do what we're good at, who gets the glory for that? And it's not that God's got a big ego and needs the glory. It's just that he deserves all the glory. All this stuff he gives us is his, whatever we do with it, that's beyond just what we could do on our own, that's by his ability, okay? And so it's all about him. I mean, it it is just all about him. And the, the good and faithful servant came back at the end and said, hey, look, this, I mean, this is how I read it. This may not be the way it really is, but it's like, you gave me five, I made five more. Who'd have thought, you know, and presented them back to the master. Why? Because it all belongs to him. In the end, anyway, I said this to you again last week. The way you can tell what belongs to you is what you get to take off the planet. When you leave, whatever you get to take, that's what belongs to you. The rest belongs to God, okay? So it is also standard operating procedure that we see throughout the scripture for God to call us to something bigger than us, grace us to do it, and for there to be a time period in between calling to and what the Bible calls separation to, okay, calling he calls he looks for a yes and then he starts equipping us to a point in our life where he can release us into whatever that is and he doesn't stop there he keeps equipping us, but you you see this you see the time frame with Moses between the time God spoke to him and the time he actually stepped into it. You see the time frame with David. You see the time frame. The Apostle Paul talks about it in his life, how there was 14 years where after the call, after he gets knocked down on the road to Damascus and filled with the Holy Spirit, he didn't run out and start preaching that day. We see it over and over and over. It's standard operating procedure. So we give our, what God's looking for in us is yes and faithfulness. Yes and faithfulness. Does that make sense to you? Okay. So, we mentioned this last week. All of these servants, they all got different amounts. There is no image, picture here of everybody having the same on earth. It isn't there. Okay? There are a lot of things. It, there is a picture of everybody having equal opportunity to increase what is given to them. And that's something we should stand for. Equal opportunity, but there is no picture here or anywhere of equal outcome being forced on different individuals, okay? We're not judged by equal outcome. God doesn't force equal outcome. I don't believe it's right for government to try and force equal outcome. A lot of what is being described as justice today is covetousness being put into a spiritual category, being cloaked as justice. I'm not saying all of it is, but there's a lot of it out there that is just covetousness. I don't think they should have more than me, and so they ought to give it to me, and somebody better make them do it. That's not justice, okay? And it is not biblical to think that everybody's going to end up with the same amount. Jesus didn't teach that, okay? Like it or not, Jesus didn't teach that. All right, so then I mentioned down in verse 21, He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. You were faithful over little things. That's what he was looking for. Faithfulness over what he put in that person's hands. That makes sense to everybody, okay? These are important foundations here. God rewards faithfulness with increase... And also with increased responsibility that goes with the increase. Okay, and there again we've got a societal issue going on where, where we're drifting into this place where people want increase without the responsibility. And that applies to all areas of life. You know, not just financial life, it it it's kind of across the board. We want increase in relationships without having responsibility. We want to be able to sleep with whoever we want without responsibility, okay? That has caused at least 63 million babies to be aborted in the last 30 or 40 years, okay? This stuff is important. This stuff gets right down to the nitty-gritty of where we live. God does reward faithfulness with increase, but with every increase become, comes an increase in responsibility. Which God, if we'll say yes, will fill with grace to enable us to do it. Does this make sense? Okay. You doing okay so far? All right. Faithfulness, and we're gonna get into some new stuff here. Faithfulness is often rewarded in ways that are not evident at the outset. In other words, if you're faithful in what God has given to you today, you can't always look at it and say, well then, okay, I'm gonna be faithful in my job. Well, this boss that I have now is going to do X, Y, and Z. Maybe not, but my trust isn't in that boss to reward me. My trust is in God to reward me. And if I'm just gonna apply his principle if man, people, humans, don't bring that reward, that promotion, whatever it is, God will. And that's, that's, that's the crux. That's where we live, right there. Where's our trust? Can we keep our eyes on the Lord and trust what he said? Do what he said. Apply what he said, knowing that he's good for it. Knowing, basically... That he is faithful. That is the first key. I'm jumping five slides ahead right now. That is the first key to developing faithfulness is getting grounded and established in the truth that God is faithful. I've got to go to those scriptures and I've got, if I've got any doubt about that or even if I don't, I need to feed on those scriptures about God's faithfulness and I need to feed on my own testimonies and the testimonies of others of how he's been faithful. And I need to feed on that stuff. I need to get engaged with that stuff and and revolve it in my heart and my mind and put it in my mouth so that I am established in that truth. And that's where we start building faithfulness, okay? All right, so... Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 2 with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. What a great verse. I've got it up on your screen from the Amplified Bible. It says, "Moreover, it is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found faithful, proving himself worthy worthy of trust." Said earlier, Faithfulness is the engine of stewardship. It is the heart quality that creates good stewardship. This says it is essentially required of stewards. That doesn't mean God's standing back waiting for you to be faithful. In fact, I'll just give you a hint. Faithfulness is one of the, as mentioned as the fruit, a, a fruit, a part of the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit. Fruit of the Spirit. How does the fruit of the Spirit work? As we spend time with the Lord and stay connected to him, his life flows through us and produces, reproduces the nature of God. That's what the fruit of the Spirit is. If you read that, through that list, it's the nature of God that is being produced through us. There's fruit. We're the branches, right? He's the vine. There's fruit coming out of our life from the life that's flowing through us. One, of, one part of that is faithfulness. Okay, so it's not like, okay, I see this, oh, this is really scary. He's requiring this of me. No, it's required for good stewardship. You got to have this quality or you won't be a good steward. Okay, that's the way it is. Well, we want to be good stewards. Well, he's providing the faithfulness, which we gain by engaging with him, right? Does this make sense? Does it? Okay. All right, we'll keep going all right so this is required that a man should be found faithful proving himself worthy of trust so the faithful person is somebody that people look at and say oh, they're trustworthy i trust him i can trust him okay we'll we'll develop that here so faithfulness all right is the primary characteristic the lord's looking for in stewards he's not looking for perfection sinlessness any of that he's looking for faithfulness all right so Faithfulness is, I'm going to give you a lot of definition here. Faithfulness is an internal character quality. Okay, it's something that lives on the inside of us. It's an attitude. It's a, it's a character trait that always makes itself evident in outward behavior. Okay, you can't just have faithfulness and it not show up. It just doesn't happen that way. Faithfulness will drive your decisions. Faithfulness will come through in your attitude. Faithfulness, if it's on the inside of you, It'll be visible to people, okay? It's, it always is, becomes evident in our outward behavior, all right? Faithfulness is the quality of steadfast allegiance or loyalty. Steadfast means I don't change. Steadfast allegiance or loyalty. And biblically, that loyalty is first to God and to his purposes, and then through that, it extends to every other commitment that we make in our life. Every other commitment. We talked about. Well, what's the Lord putting our hands to steward? Well, lots of things. Probably won't even get to the list today. Lots of things. But everything in our lives, our time, our abilities, our relationships, what God has spoken to your heart from His Word, our revelations, our job, our our community, our church. I mean, all of these things are things that we look to steward over. Okay. So steadfast allegiance or loyalty first to God and His purposes, and then as that works in our life, it flows out into every commitment that we make in life. All right. Faithfulness is firm adherence to promises or the keeping of one's word. Firm adherence to promises or the keeping of one's word. Now. I'd, we need to talk about that a little bit firm adherence to promises okay what is a promise or the keeping of one's word how do we how do we give our word when i was a kid my sister was 5 years older than me we had this deal first we fought for well it seemed like a long time to me probably wasn't more than a few years we you know where i was you know and mom be honest But later, we made a pact, and we became best buddies. And so she is five years older. This was her idea. She gets, and, but she said, okay, now it's okay for us to lie to each other, all right? But if we say, I promise, that has to be true, and we have to do it, okay? So, okay, we lived with that pact for many years. Well, that's ridiculous, you know? And she would say the same today. She's in heaven, but... She would say the same today, but that was our pact. So I kind of grew up thinking, well, if I don't say, I promise. That's not what this means, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Whenever we agree, we consent. We don't always say it real. Sometimes we just, somebody makes, you know, says, oh, would you do this? And We're like, yeah, okay. Or, you know, I mean, it can be pretty passive, but if you're making an agreement, you've given your word. If you say you'll do something, you've given your word. If you say you'll be someplace at a certain time, you've given your word. And whatever we give our word to, that reflects not only on our character, but God's. That's, you know, that's just a troubling truth that is with us as children of God, okay? So we need to have that in mind when we make commitments. And what I've seen over the last, I don't know, maybe 20 years is... A real reluctance in people to make commitments, that's not right either, you know, because it's like, well, I don't want to sign my, I don't want to sign up for Parents' Day Out. What if it's a powder day, you know? Well, somewhere along the way, you got to set up some values and priorities in your life and you've got to be willing to make a commitment. You've got to be willing to make a commitment. You can't go into, you know, when you see marriage like it is on TV and it's just sort of, you think this will work? Oh, I don't know. We're just having fun. That's not marriage. That is not a commitment. That will not last. You know, that, that kind of thing won't last. And that's kind of getting, it's really soaking into our society. You know, it's hard to keep people in contracts. It's hard to, and, and working with volunteers, it's hard to get a commitment. And when, but when, my, my point is part of faithfulness, when we make a commitment, whether you're getting paid to do it or not, We need to fulfill that commitment. And as I teach this, let me just say this. I always have to say this. All of us understand that unexpected things come up from time to time that interfere with our commitments. We all get that, okay? So what do I do? I made the commitment. What you do is you communicate, okay? When when you can't keep a commitment, how do I stay in faithfulness? Through communication. You communicate early, you communicate well, you communicate thoroughly, you communicate with everybody that needs to know, you just communicate. That's all that really should be expected. I mean, in, in most of the situations I'm talking about, if you can't make it, you can't make it. Or if you're going to be late, you're going to be late. But communicate, that's that's being faithful. That's letting someone know. That should be the exception and not the normal every day, every time, every commitment. See, this why I said you need to have your big boy pants in. <laughs> Stuff on today that shouldn't be our whole life. I mean, if if every commitment you're having to communicate, well, okay, there's a problem there. But it happens, and everybody's fine with that. But understand that a part of faithfulness. If we want to be faithful stewards, we need to keep our word even when it becomes inconvenient. And Psalm 15, uh, verse 4. Psalm 15, 4. David was describing the person that walks closely with the Lord. He said a lot of great things there. But he said he keeps his word even to his own disadvantage and does not change it for his own benefit. Keeps his word even to his own disadvantage. That means sometimes we've given our word, something else comes along. Well, evaluate it. Is it just, oh, I'd rather do this or is it important enough for you to break your first commitment? I mean, that's that's up to you and that's between you and the Lord. But our lifestyle, I'm talking about lifestyle here. Does everybody understand? We're, t- we're talking about the majority of the time in our life. We need to keep, our God has made us do this in several situations in our past where we had committed to something and as time went on, it was like this was a big mistake and we went to the Lord. How do we get out of this? He said, you don't, you you gave your word, you will keep that word. This had to do with the church in our past. You will keep your word to your own hurt until it's done. And we did. And eventually that church went away, unfortunately. hurt a lot of people, It's sad when that happens, but we were released. But we were there to the last day. And here's the real bummer, you've got, Faithfulness also involves our attitude while we're keeping our word. I was with you up until attitude, okay? I was good with this until we got to attitude. We don't get to just do it with a nasty attitude. I've had jobs. I remember one job I had for a couple of years early on in Albuquerque um, when I would first moved there, and I went on as a temp, but then got it was in this big jewelry warehouse, and it was not a bad job it was just a boring job it was just really boring you know and 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 then the company was kind of funky it was a family uh it was a family business and they'd do things like every year you got a review and and they'd they kind of play people off each other with their raises but i mean it was like well they got an 11 cent raise you only got Seven cents, I mean, it was like that. it was like not enough to make any difference in your life, but they tried to use it to you know kind of manipulate the group so so there were times sometimes I was just fine, and other times I just hated it, but the Lord, we were just learning this stuff, I mean I grew up with some you know some of this, but we were learning it from the word, and the Lord really used that to say, No, you're going to do your job and do it with a good attitude. And it's not easy and we'd have to I'd have to pray and we found out that if we because Karen was working there too and if we prayed on the way in the whole atmosphere was better maybe it was just us but I think the whole atmosphere was better than if we didn't pray on the way into town and there were just things he taught us in that day and eventually it was time to extract ourselves from that and go do something else. And that was fine. We gave good notice. We did our stuff. But that's the there's this attitude thing too. Within faithfulness, we don't get to just do it with a nasty attitude. Or it's not faithfulness. You guys okay? Yep. Still love me? Yep. Yeah? A few of you? Good. 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 <laughs> okay. So we keep our word even to our own inconvenience. Or our own hurt, there's no you know oh, I had my fingers crossed, and you know that that kind of stuff, and that includes just agreements we make and consent that we give and and that kind of kind of thing all right, faithfulness is firm adherence to timely fulfillment of a duty, all right, timely fulfillment of a duty. This is my responsibility, faithfulness we'll do it, and we'll do it on time, not a lot of procrastination, not. You know, I love that one meme that says, if your husband says he'll take care of something, you don't have to keep nagging him for six months, he'll get it done, right? So anyway, um, that person that is faithful will be known as steadfast, trustworthy, reliable. This is what people say, oh, she's reliable. You know, you can trust. They're gonna do what they said they'd do. I love that. I try to surround, I mean, we've got, I think... We have a, a team, I think our, our leadership team or worship team or pretty much all of you teams since pretty much everybody's a part of the team here. You know, I think, you know, for the most part, we've got, we're surrounded with reliable people. That's so awesome. I mean, it is just so awesome that I don't have to constantly, we're not having to constantly remind, constantly, um, I don't know, you know, bug people to do what they said they do because they're faithful people. You know, they're faithful people, firm adherence to a timely fulfillment of duty. The thing about that is, it is the promise maker's responsibility to keep the promise, okay? We expect that with God. It is, I mean, it works that way with God. He made the promise, and he fulfills it through Christ. We can't fulfill it. All right, it's a part of God's nature that what he promises, he will do, Okay. And that needs to be a part of our, we need to understand that it is the promise maker. You know, if I say, well, I'll be at your house at a certain time. Well, it's not your responsibility to make sure I get there. It's my responsibility, right? Right. So it's the promise maker's responsibility to fulfill that without a lot of nagging and begging and that kind of thing. That's just part of remembering our commitments, fulfilling our commitments, being on time, all that kind of stuff comes under the heading of faithfulness, all right? Faithfulness is consistently doing the right thing with what is in your hand today, okay? And that's what we saw in that parable. What was given to them, that's what they had to be faithful over. And the Lord brought increase during that. It's And it begins with what we have in our hand today, there's, and again, I think this is permeating, permeating our society. There's this kind of attitude that, well, if I get that promotion, then I'll, then I'll be here early, I'll do this stuff. I bet you won't. In fact, Jesus says you won't. Okay? You still good? All right. Jesus says you won't. If you're not faithful over the small thing, he, he doesn't just say, you, if you're not faithful over the little thing that's in your hand today, you might not be faithful over the, that's not what he says. He says you will not. We're going to look at it in just a second. Yes, we are. Okay, we have 12 minutes left. All right. So, so it's not, okay, when I have more money, I'll do it. When I get a promotion, I'll do it. No, you're, you're not responsible for all that, but you are responsible for what you have today. Okay. You are responsible. It is actually, I believe, it is self-deception to think we will be responsible with more. I'll start tithing when I make more money. I bet you won't. You know, I mean, it's always been said, if you can't give the dime off the dollar you have, you won't give 10 off the 100. I mean, it's just the way it is. It is an internal quality, okay? It's... it's. uh you just you just probably won't. Okay. Here's a good one. Faithfulness shines the brightest where no one will see it. Faithfulness shines the brightest where nobody's going to see it. In other words, nobody's going to know that you were faithful, but you and the Lord, and He's the one that brings that increase, that brings that promotion. All right. Shines the brightest for no one will see it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22. You can just write it down. Colossians three twenty-two. In the Passions translation, it says, let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of their employer, not just when their employers are watching and not in pretense, but faithful in all things. For we are to live our lives with pure hearts in the constant awe and wonder of our Lord, so it's not just when they're watching, we've all worked with people like that. When they're watching, they're doing one thing, as soon as the boss leaves, they're doing something else. It's a real pain working with people like that. Okay, faithfulness will do more than the minimum requirement, it'll come early, it'll stay late when needed, it doesn't lower itself to the status quo, it's not deterred by the passage of time and it maintains a good attitude. So I put this word fidelity up there. It's just a synonym of faithfulness. But get this, fidelity is the accurate reproduction and representation of the original. The accurate reproduction representation of the original. When I was a kid growing up, I don't know when that started, when the hi-fi thing started, but we had, you know, stereos were called hi-fis. You know, it was high fidelity meant it made a really good reproduction of the music that was on the album, you know. And and that's the idea there. As Christians, we're to be an accurate representation, accurate reproduction of the Lord's nature, okay? We're, we're to be that accurate reproduction, and that happens through faithfulness, okay? All right, let's look at one more passage. We won't get through the whole thing, but... I've been threatening you with it for a long time here. So Uh, Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12. Look at what the Lord says here, okay? Jesus said, the one who faithfully manages, this is from the Passion, the one who faithfully manages the little he has been given will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities. That's not the word we wanted there, but that's what's there, okay? But I want you to look at it. The one who faithfully manages, the little he has been given, will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities. Again, that's not always going to come through the avenue you think it is, but it'll come if you'll stick with it, if you won't give up on faithfulness. But those who cheat, with the little they have been given will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. If you've not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with the eternal riches of the spiritual world? And if you've not proven yourself faithful with what belongs to another, why should you be given wealth of your own? So let's just wrap this up with this. We can see there that Faithfulness, like we've already said, is, is rewarded. And with that reward, there comes increased responsibility. Okay, so, so that's just a part of it. All right, but there are two areas specifically mentioned here that God uses as a proving ground for our faithfulness. And the one is, it's actually the word mammon, which we've, of course, heard before. And uh, that not only means material wealth, Okay it also was used uh when in other passages when Jesus was talking about it he used it it was the name of a greek god that was the spirit behind really the misuse of material wealth but in this case it means all types of material wealth okay all all types the riches of this world all types of material wealth is a proving ground it says for what Jesus called true riches. So true riches have to do with our relationships, with our ministry to people, with stewarding and I told you this last week, I don't have the verse in front of me, but Paul talked about the fact that he and the apostles they considered them stewards of the word of God, of of the what God had revealed to them from the word. So whatever the Lord has opened to you to this point in your life, you're a steward of that. That's true riches. And the lives that he brings in, the influence that you have for Jesus in people's lives, okay, that's true riches. And he says, if you're not faithful with your money, your stuff, your the things you have, if you're not faithful over that, you won't be faithful over those things either. That's a proving ground. It's a practice ground where we can, we can apply this truth to our job. We can apply this truth to our yard. We can apply this truth to our car. We can apply this truth to whatever we have in the way of worldly things. We can use our money well. We can honor God first with the tithe. We can do all of those things. And that is a proving ground then for, and a practice ground for what you will do with what Jesus called true riches. that makes sense to you, okay? And then secondly, he talks about stuff we don't own. If you haven't been faithful over what belongs to someone else, why would you be given wealth of your own? Well, if you're an employee, that business belongs to someone else. Faithfulness works at that business as if it was their own. If you're an employer, then how do you run your business? Are you honest? Do you honor God with your business? Are you about building people as much as you can instead of just building your bottom line? You know, I mean, there are lots of ways that we can apply this. But if we're not faithful, what, what's anything that you don't own, anything you borrow? Do you give it back in as good or better condition as you borrowed it? Do you give it back on time? If you rent a room, do you trash it, you know? Do you go in there and they think a rock band's been in there, you know, when you get out of there, do you trash it? Or are you honorable about that, you know? I mean, it's those kinds of, they seem like little things. They're not little things. Jesus said, this is a proving ground for, if you're not faithful over what belongs to somebody else, who would give you your own? You won't be faithful as an owner if you're not faithful as a renter, you won't be faithful as an owner if you're not faithful as a borrower i i uh that's kind of a negative well uh <laughs> years ago, and this is years ago I mean, don't even try to figure out who it is. these people haven't even been in town forever, but we had a couple in the church for a few years that uh wanted to borrow some of the chairs, some of those black Chairs, and to do something or other at their house, I don't remember what. And that was fine. We lent them the chairs, and they took them. And they just never brought them back. And we needed them, and so we started to ask, you know, could you bring the chairs back? Well, they never brought the chairs back. We finally went over and got the chairs. We took our truck over, and and they're sitting out in the yard. They'd been out in the yard in the rain and in the sun and under the snow, and, you know, they were just left out you know and and that same person later after they weren't even going to this church wanted called one day and wanted us to give her a key so that she could get in at any time and use our sound equipment and our music equipment and all of this stuff at any any time and i said no that would be a bad that would be bad stewardship of what you have provided through your tithes and offerings for this church. That would be bad stewardship on my part. I said, no, but you can come in whenever we're here. You know, you can come in whenever we're here and and use things if you want. She went ballistic that we just wouldn't give her a key. and blah, 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 Anyway, just went ballistic about it. Well, you didn't prove yourself faithful over the chairs. We're not going to put thousands of dollars worth of equipment in your hands you know and but this is just so so let's not let's really be honest with the Lord about our lives you know what do we have what do we borrow what do we rent what do we those things are important and and Jesus links them to increase in ownership or, you know, there again, it's still stewardship on our part. We don't end up owning anything because we can't take it off the planet. But you know what I'm saying? We're not going to be made the manager over more if we're not handling this. And if we're not handling worldly things, it's really going to limit what he can trust us with, with people and ministering to people. Because that's what matters. You know, Honestly, the only thing that matters is our people coming to know the Lord and growing in their relationship with him. Politics, it matters, but it doesn't matter. Not compared to that, okay? Our businesses, our work, we're gonna leave it all here. It matters. It definitely matters. But man, not compared to how what we're doing demonstrates the Lord to people. Does this make sense to you? Okay, you guys okay? We'll just unhook there. And we'll, we're will we gonna do one more on this subject with some other things. I do wanna talk to you about how do we, so, okay, great, great, great. How do we develop this in our hearts and lives? And I've got some stuff on that for you. But it's 11 o'clock, so you know, the clock runs the world. Let's stand up and pray. Because we said... We didn't exactly say we'd have you out at 11. I mean, that's sort of a, it's one of those 11-ish things. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And we know, Lord, that when we build our lives on your word, that those lives stand up to the storms and they produce good things and they become a shelter for other people. And so, Lord, we love your word. And I just pray for all of us, Father, every one of us, Lord, we want to be good stewards of what you've put in our hands. And we need help with that. We need direction. We need daily guidance. We need your grace. We need your empowering. We need you to keep reminding us. We need you, Lord, to be growing us into it. And Father, I'm asking this morning, and anyone who would agree with this prayer, show us what's in our hands. Sometimes we don't think there's anything in our hands. We've all got stuff in our hands. And Lord, what have you given to us? How can we take care of it better? How can we use it more to your glory? Lord, we are open. So we're asking you over the days and the weeks ahead to remind us of this word and to speak to us that we would be a tremendously faithful people and in that be pleasing to you. We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. All right. So if you're on the LOV team, we'll be back in here. Um, I'm going to say 11.15 since I actually got done on time today. Uh, So I'm going to say 11.15, come on back in here. If you've got some snacks or something, just bring them on in. Kay's not here. She won't know. And uh, (laughs) so, Tim, you can't bust us now. You can't. Yeah, anyway, just come on back in. We'll have that meeting. And uh, other than that, go out there and be the church. So let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three, Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Go out there and be the church. You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org.